I'm using this one now. Okie dokie. Y'all know how much I hate using this one, but it's, it's, it's all right. I can do it. They can do it. I can do it. They got a stand to put theirs on. That ain't fair. All right. As I was saying, humility comes from the inside out. Amen. As we talk about humble love today, that song was a great example to us. We have to learn to love from the inside out as Jesus taught us so wonderfully. Thank you, worship team, for bringing us into worship this morning. Glad everyone's here. Welcome back. Um, you know, I'll ask the question this morning. Do you believe in Jesus? If you do, raise your hand. Hallelujah. Me too. <laughs> and do you believe, praise God, that Jesus and his Father decided when they made this earth to paint the sky Carolina blue, not Duke blue? <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I had to do that. Go heels. <laughs> Somewhere in heaven, my dad's smiling. He had to be the biggest Carolina fan I've ever known. Amen. As we continue our sermon series on passion, as we get two weeks away from Easter now, I'm so excited about celebrating. Many of you know that's my favorite holiday. I like all holidays, but Easter, man, come on now. What else can we talk about? He died for me and rose again on Easter. I can't, I can't not love that holiday. It ain't about Easter bunnies. It's about Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll eat some chocolate and all that good stuff. And we can enjoy that. That's, I don't have a problem with that, but... The reason for the season, amen, is Jesus Christ. And remember from last week, those nails were not what kept him on the cross. Those nails didn't keep him there. It wasn't the threat of the Roman soldiers or the Jewish elite. It was his passion for us, his love for me and you that kept him on that cross. Hallelujah. Aren't we blessed? He was fueled by unconditional and sacrificial love. Seriously, just think about what he did for us. I could quit right now if y'all just think about it. That's all. I mean, that's it. He, he loved us enough that he came to earth as a little baby and went through what he went through. He gave us the greatest gift, Jesus was the greatest gift God has ever given the world. And through him, we all have the opportunity for everlasting life. As you've probably heard, it's more blessed to give than receive. Amen? <laughs> giving, giving can just bless your heart. Whew. I think about some trips that I've took to Nicaragua and I... And we try to bless the people there, and we give them, and try to do things to bless their lives, and and to see those faces light up. Something as simple as a, a little something to eat that we take for granted. 
I mean, just a, a meal that most of us probably wouldn't eat. But man, they're happy to get it. And it's a blessing to see them. You, you know, I know those of you who've been will, will back me up on this. It's, you think you're going to help them, but you leave and you've been helped. <laughs> I mean, it just radically, God changes your heart when you get out there and you start serving them and giving and blessing others. Oh, man, I tell you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gifts, is the words that Paul used in 2 Corinthians. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. He was talking about Jesus. And I think that's where we start with the humbleness of Jesus' love, his humility. Here is the creator of all things, right? He created everything. And we got this problem. And he could have chosen other ways to fix it. He's God. He could have done it a different way. But he chose to be born as a baby and come here and live like me and you as an example for me and you <laughs> to teach us what we couldn't be taught any other way. He did that. That's humble. I mean, raised the king of the jungle, right? But you know what I'm saying? He's got it going on. But this is the king of all kings, right? And he came to earth and left what well, we can't even know what, how great it is there. He left and came here to live like us. Not just to live like us, to live worse than anybody in this room, let's be honest. And to die a horrible cross, a death on a heart on a cross. Woo, come on. That's humble. That's humility. Am I back on here now? I thought I heard something. They do love me. Now I can move. Start running around. Y'all be chasing me. Jesus was and is the humble king who serves a world that was in desperate and is in desperate need. Amen. We'll read now from Philippians 2, 5 through 11. We need to get this in our head. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up, right? He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience. Listen, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest place of highest honor and gave him the name above other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and will bow, by the way, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> what was his mindset? 
What was the mindset of Jesus he talks about there? Jesus came, he came as a a man. They they were looking for, they were looking for a king to ride in on a chariot and, you know, with gold and, but it's a little baby. We got all, see, he, he gives us an example right there of how we get confused about what's important in life. We get confused. We think, oh, the more I got and the more this and the more pretty, he's a baby. A little baby. There's a couple of them in here. Just a little baby. What? Mm. That's, that's, that's his mindset. His mindset was he came to love. He came to give. He came to serve. He didn't come to be served. Right? You think about, I'm not saying she's bad. Think about Queen Elizabeth. She's been there for how many years? something like that. I'm not just saying she's a bad person, but do you think she ever has to do anything? I mean, she's got people serving her. It, it, she has the best food. She, has the, she lives in castles. You know, oh, I don't like this castle this week. I'm going to go to this one. Or, I'm, I, I, you know, that palace is nice, but I like that palace better. Right? Jesus born in a manger. Come on. <laughs> There's a difference there, and I think that's what he wanted to try to make sure we understood. In that where, and that's where humbleness and that's where humility comes in, and we've got to all... See, we're not born. We're not born humble. We're born sinners, right? We know that. We're born in a world of sin, and there ain't no humble to sin us. There was only one born humble, and his name was Jesus, because there was only one born perfect, and his name is Jesus. Me and you were born unhumble. So it's something we got to learn, right? Because we live in a world where being humble ain't always cool, right? I want to be Mr. Cool. I I don't want to be humble. I want to be better than everybody, right, in this world. I want to be Jeff Bezos. Hey, I can just, how much money you want, I got it, you know. I'm kidding. He takes a lot of my money every day. Because every time I come home, there's a box. Mr. Amazon. And then Jacob back there, he wants to be like Elon and drive around in electric cars. I'm working on him. We're going to get him straightened out. But those dudes aren't very humble. I don't know if you've ever noticed them much. I don't. Nope. But then you see humility in people, though. And I do. I make fun of Carolina and Duke game last night. But the coach for Carolina, Hubert Davis, first year coaching, loves Jesus. Praise God. Don't cuss at his players. You got Coach K, and I know he was a great coach over there, and you can't even, don't look at what he's saying because you can read it, and he's just cussing them up and down. And you got Hubert over there, not cussing at them and teaching them and loving on him and exemplifying humility in, in Jesus. And when he wins, he goes, it's for them. And even Coach K said, I'm worried about the guys when he lost. That's humility. You know, being humble, realizing that it ain't about you. 
It, Jesus, it wasn't about Jesus. It really wasn't. It was about everybody around him. He always looked out for the other guys. Even though he was the king of kings, lord of lords, prince of peace, everything, he's it. He's it. But he worried about the other people. He was humbled. He humbled himself. So how do we get there? We got to think. We got to think humility. We got to think humility in what we do. How can I be humble today? What can I do? And it's not about, and, and let me say this very important part. It's not about um, doing it because you want to look good. There are people who like to be humble because they want the cameras on them and they want to see it. I'll talk about that in a minute, but being humble is doing stuff that nobody knows you're doing. There's, there's people in this church that will come to me and they'll say, because of my role here, Pastor Darren, I've heard so-and-so has a need and I want to bless them. But I don't want them to know what's coming from me, so I'm going to give it to you and you pass it on, but don't tell them where it comes from. People do that regularly here and you're welcome to do that. I'll, somebody has to be the conduit, so I know it, but nobody else knows it. That's being humble. That's giving and loving, right? That's not saying I, want, I don't want no glory for it. Because what is hidden in, in these things like this when I mean, Jesus said it. He knows what's going on. He knows what you did. Nobody else needs to know. That's being humble. One of the most well-known um, verses in the Bible that says something about how we're to act is Philippians 4 and 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about things that are true and pure and are right, admirable. Oftentimes our thoughts in this world wander off into stuff that shouldn't. We get caught up in the mess. I mean, good gracious, it's pretty easy to do if you watch TV. We try not to. Is it easy? Is it easy? I'm, I'm serious. Is it easy to get caught up in the mess of this world when you, all you're hearing 24 hours a day, you know, is... <sighs> things that we wouldn't have imagined. I'm not that old. But there's things going on in this world right now, and if you'd have told me, 10 years ago, we'd be talking about this happening. I'm not going, I'm trying not to go political here. But my daughter is a girl, and she deserves to swim or play basketball or whatever with girls. She don't need some dude that can't swim against other dudes, but wants to come swim with girls because he wants to win. I'm sorry. You told me 10 years ago we'd be talking about that. Sorry, I just couldn't. We live in a crazy world, and if we don't, we're not careful, we can get caught up in stuff. And I know it's easy. But we really do need to stick our focus on him and our focus on doing the right things in, in whatever's true, and we know that's not true, right? There's no truth in that stuff. So what do we need to be doing? Looking for the truth. Looking for what's right and what's noble. That's not right. That's not noble. Sorry. 
But as a Christian, what am I supposed to do? I need to focus on the things that are right. Amen? I don't need to get stuck in the, the mud that the world wants me to get stuck in, because that's what they want us to do. They want us to get stuck in it. They love it. Oh, there goes the Christians. You know, just, we can't. We just need to love people and, and, and focus on what's right. And, and what would Jesus do? You remember back in the, when was it, the, the 90s probably? The what would Jesus do? Everybody had it on? I know you had to have 17 of them, Kevin and I, because you was cool, right? You had them on every arm and legs and had it, you probably got a tattoo somewhere. Where's, I guarantee you, Robert's got a tattoo somewhere that says WWJD. <laughs> if he don't, it's a, an idea. What would Jesus do? We must focus, if we want to be humble and we want to live a, a humble life and be like him, we've got to focus on that. Our mindset needs to be there. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform. I got a different version up there. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. And what is his, what is his will? It is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. Praise God. That's what he wants for us. He wants us to have a mindset where we're focused on him, and if we're focused on him, then being humble is just going to come easy. Listen, I know, I mean, I know a lot of y'all. I see so much humility in you people. So I'm probably preaching to the choir, but that's okay. Choir needs to hear it too, right? I see humility in the lives of the people in this church, people giving up things, giving up time. I mean, we're getting ready to go into a season where we're going to be working on vacation Bible school. And there'll be some of you here all the time. I'll be like, I'll check the alarm and they're still here building something. That's, that's humility. That's giving up. That's giving up self. That's giving up self to bless others. And then we see those little lives walk in here on vacation Bible school week and see those smiles. and It's all worth it. But it was a lot of humility and a lot of humbleness by people giving up stuff to come and make it happen. Not only the week of, but the weeks before. Mm. Do not conform to the patterns of the world. They're not going to give us the mindset of Christ. The world is not going to give you the mindset of Christ. Not going to happen. The only way we can do it is to renew our minds with his word and spend time with him. And remember that he made the ultimate sacrifice. And I like this verse, and I don't think y'all have it, so don't worry about it. I'm just going to read it. Um, a picture of Jesus. And, you know, he was, in a, he was in the last days here. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will. Listen there, not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. 
he, he, he's like, Lord, if there's any way for me to get out of this. But he knew there wasn't, but he's like, I'm just, it, 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 if there's that plan B that we didn't talk about, <laughs> that we didn't talk about, could we go there? Maybe. But if it's your will, not mine, so whatever, I'm ready. Do we pray like that? Do we believe like that? You know, do we, that's something we have to think about when we talk about humility. Do we go to him and go, Lord, your will be done. But I really want it to be this, and it's not I'm going to be mad and I'm going to pout. Right? We do that. Don't lie, because he, he knows. I want my way. I want it my way. Lord, don't you like my plan? And then usually he says, well, not usually. Sometimes he likes our plans. But sometimes he says, nope, don't like your plan. Plan. We're going to go a different way, Darren. And so we got to be like, okay, your will be done. Just like Jesus is when he says, Lord, I don't want to do this, but I'm here and I will. We got to be humbled. We have to act in humility. Act in humility. Philippians 2, 6 and 7. I don't have that up there on either, guys. Jesus, being in very, the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God. I, we read this earlier, but don't go, you don't have to go back to it. He didn't use it as his, to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He, like I said earlier, he gave up everything. He gave up everything. That's like, if, 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 if you had everything. I mean, if you had a big fancy house and, and big fancy cars and all this stuff, and you just said, I'm going to leave it and I'm going to go live on the streets. That's what Jesus did. He gave up everything. Can we even come close? No, but you know, that's, that's the thing. We're not perfect. All we're called to do is strive to be more like him. I guarantee you there's not one of us in here that's ever going to be exactly like him on this earth. But we can strive to be more and more like him by acting in humility and loving those around us. Again, I think about our trips to Nicaragua. And, um, and this is, you see, you see hum, humility and then you see unhumility. That's probably not a word. <laughs> anyway, you see people, and Ray's going to smile on Daphne probably because they will remember some of these instances. I'll never forget, we're, we're building houses in Cristo Ray. Man, it's hot. Is it hot? Daphne, it's hot in Cristo Ray. I think it's like 150 Celsius. And um, if you're building a house and you're working out there, you're not going to look pretty like Ray does right now after about 10 minutes. You're going to be sweating. You're probably going to have mud all over you because you're walking in mud. Am I right? Tiffany, you were out there too. It ain't paved, is it? It's, and I ain't going to tell you what's in that mud, but anyway, they don't have a good sewer system. But in any case, you don't look pretty. And you're sweating sweat you didn't know you had. And somebody says, where do you go to the bathroom? You don't have to. You sweat all the, you don't have to ever go because you sweat everything out. It's so hot. And I'm just saying, so you're not pretty. And then up walks some preacher. Mm-hmm. 
How many houses y'all built? Well, we building this one. We probably built, I don't know, over the years, 15, 20. We built about 150. Hey, like my white shirt. It's pretty. Cameras? Where's the cameras? Dude, really? Straight. I'm like, Pastor Bill, calm down. <laughs> don't hit him. Um, there are people who like to, to talk about what they've done, and that's not humility. If you got somebody telling you what all they've done, there ain't nothing humble about that. Nothing humble about that. And it don't bother me. It's just God will take care of them. But I hope they ain't planning on cashing in on that deal because they ain't getting nothing out of that. You go with me to Nicaragua, you're going to get nasty. And they ain't going to be, the photo ops are great, but you're going to look bad. And your wife's going to be like, what's wrong with you? You look like you're dead. I think I might have died. I remember Pastor Osvaldo that day over in Shenandoah was like, Beneath, beneath. He don't speak no English, but beneath. Because I was about to pass out. That's the first time I saw Nicaraguans sweat. They don't normally sweat, but they do in Shenandoah. Because that's where the devil goes on vacation. To get warm. Act in humility. Acting in humility is not, is not flashing it, showing everybody, look at me, look at me. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus was just humble. So he was. He was a humble servant. He said, I come not to be served, but to serve. And that's what he did. Humility is fundamentally about others. It's not about you. It's not about thinking less of yourself, but literally thinking yourself less. Focusing your time and energy on less me and more others. That was Jesus. And if we want to be like him, that's what we have to do. Obey in humility. Obey in humility. One of the most important things as Christians we can do is mirror Christ's humility in obedience. Doing just what he did. As I said earlier, and we know this, he humbled himself to come as a baby and die on a cross. Have mercy. What more could I do than give up everything? To come to earth and die for a bunch of ungrateful sinners. <laughs> and that's what he did. He followed through. He never wavered. He followed through. He was humble from the day he was born as a baby to the day he died on the cross. You know, I think about some people who aren't very humble sometimes. I think about politicians. Now, politicians, I've known many of them, as y'all may know my past. And Rosalie still gets upset when the phone rings sometimes. Who is it now? Somebody calling to fuss about that one. And then the other one calls to fuss about that one. It's the, my dad gave me Tar Heels and he gave me politics. That was his two things, and so I'm, I am what I am. But you see this guy, they get elected and they're humble for the first week. And then they get to Raleigh or to Washington, and it's like, oh, streets are paved with gold. And all of a sudden, sadly, many of them who started out great end up, they lose all their humility. Many of them didn't even start out great, let's be honest, but the ones 
Some of them we know did. Ray and I have a friend who's a former state senator. <laughs> and he was, he was humble a little bit. But he, <laughs> okay. It got worse. And I saw him the other day driving down the road. And yeah, one of these things that just always gets on me when people try to draw attention to who they are. Does that bother y'all? So I told Rosalie one time, if I ever get rich and I can afford, we can afford to give a bunch of money to a building fund, please don't let them put my name on it because I don't, that just makes me. So I'm driving down the road the other day and I pull up beside this big truck and I look over, it's our friend. And he looked over, he's like, he pulled on off his license plate, former state senator. I didn't even know they had those. Now, does he need, do I need to know that? Do you? Do, I'm driving down the road. The only reason I need to know that is if I'm speeding and I want to get out of a ticket because the cop's going to be like, oh, you're important or something. Anyway, <laughs> where's the humility? These politicians, they certainly lose it. Bless their hearts. But Jesus obeyed from start to finish. He obeyed and he was hu hum humble from day one to the very end. Praise God he was, because if he wasn't, wouldn't have been, we'd be in a mess. But he was humble, and he went to the cross for us. And <laughs> the verses in Mark 15, 1 through 15, this is quite a bit of reading, so I don't know. Y'all got it? Jesus is being sentenced to death. And listen to this. Very early. In the morning, the leading priest, the elders and teachers of the religious, religious law, the entire high council met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes, and Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? What about these charges? They're bringing against you. But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, any one people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release the prisoner as usual. Would you like for me to release the king of the Jews, he said, for he realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then, what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, crucify him. <laughs> Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? They didn't care. They roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, he released Barabbas to them. He released a murderer. And he ordered Jesus be flogged with a lead-tipped whip and turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. <laughs> Listen, to this. this is the king of kings, right? He could have stopped it right then. All he had to do was say, he just, he could have. But he was humbled. 
because he knew he had a job to do. He knew that sitting in this room today is a bunch of people that needed him to take their sin to the cross, and so he had to do it. That's humble, man, I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't believe that's humble and that's love, there ain't no such thing as humble love. He was, he loved us to the point where he would, was willing to stand there and take it. He obeyed from start to finish. Hallelujah, though. They didn't know. They were about to find out who he was, though, weren't they? Because, yeah, they put him on that cross. And they drove those nails in his hands, and they whipped him, and they beat him. And he died a horrible death, but boy, did three days later something change. <laughs> and they found out real quick. There's life. There's life after death. Eternal life. Only one way to get it. Through the cross. But I don't have to go on the cross because he did. Because he humbled himself and did it for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on now. Get up here now, y'all. Woo! Mm. I don't know if I have this one up there, but I don't, it was Romans 8, 28 and 29, but um, I'll read it. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I praise God. I'm his brother. All along, God was working in the life of Jesus, and he's working in the life of each one of us in this room today and each one watching online. He's working through every situation, and he's, <laughs> he's asking us to trust him and to love like he did, to have that humble love. John 15, 9 through 17. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Hallelujah, y'all. Ain't that good? This is my commandment. What? Love each other the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command... I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. Praise God, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. <laughs> love each other. In this passage, Jesus invites his disciples and us to remain in his love, to keep his commandments. He invites us to be obedient. And he says, do this. Love one another. Just like he did it. I want to conclude today with this 
story, and it's as we are getting close to Easter. It's a pretty long set of scriptures, but I want to read them. I want y'all to hear this. This is the story. John 13, 1 through 17. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave the world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured some water in a basin, and then began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean. But not all of you, for Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each, wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than the master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I sent somebody a text this week about, I was studying for this and it just touched me. Because we had talked about forgiveness and it's, man, sometimes it's hard to forgive people. He washed Judas' feet. He invited Judas to come have supper. That's humble, buddy. Somebody walked up right now and you know they're going to kill you tomorrow? And you're going to wash their feet? Mm -mm. I doubt it. But he did it. Ponder on that for just a minute. But you know what happened there? He did that. <laughs> to give an example to the rest of us. As he said there, you've seen what I've done. Not just to the other 11, but I, in a little while, y'all going to find out one of y'all is bad, who it is. And I washed his feet too. So he's telling us there, we're to love people, and we're to be humble. Man, to a level, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I'm not perfect. And I can't ever be that perfect. 
But man, I, we strive to be like him. And if we can just strive to be more like him and to live a life like that, we have to <laughs> never forget Judas was in that room. Because you know why we can't forget Judas is in that room? Because every single one of us is Judas. Every single one of us have betrayed him. Every single one of us betrayed him at some point. I'm telling you. And he washed Judas's feet, and he'll wash ours. And if you ask him for it, and you say, Lord, I'm sorry. I have sinned, and I'm not worthy. If you've never done that, and you say, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to turn my life over to you, Lord. I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that God sent you to save me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. You are the Lord. You will be washed clean. Amen? You will be washed clean. Even though we don't deserve it. Not one of us deserved it. But he went to the cross and put every one of our sins on that cross. And so when you're thinking about Jesus in these two weeks ahead and you're thinking about that, you know, I just want, to, I want you to think about this. Make it personal. When you see him on that cross, just, just know that he went there for you. He went there for you. Went there for me. He didn't go there for himself. He didn't need to. He was clean. He was, clean. He was good. He didn't have to. He chose to. If you ever find anybody more humble than that, let me know. I'd like to meet him. Amen. Pray everybody has a blessed week leading up to Palm Sunday as we celebrate. Next week will be uh, the Holy Week, and I pray you all have a. Uh, again, it's my favorite holiday, and make it make it personal. Just take that time extra and just thank Him and ponder what He did for you that week. He rolled into town knowing what was going to happen. He rolled into town knowing what was going to happen. Man, that's... Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. We praise you, Lord. We, <laughs> we can't begin to understand the level of humility that you brought when you came to this world as a baby and you obeyed your father from day one to the very last moment your humble love from from a baby to the cross is something that we can never forget and never should forget because of you Lord because of your sacrifice our story is finished once we know you as our Lord and Savior what a blessing to know I don't have to do what you had to do for me. Although I deserve it. <laughs> but you so graciously took it from me.
I thank you, Father, and pray for each one here that we would all grow closer to one another and that we would all grasp the true calling of being humble and what it means to emulate you, Lord, through humble love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Brother Robert is going to come up.